Welcome to Coffee and Conversations with Lakeisha. We're glad you've joined us today. Get ready for some kingdom conversation. Now here's your host, Lakeisha M. Johnson. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. If you would like more information about LMJ Ministries, log on to LakeishaMJohnson.com today. Drones, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning to you. Good morning to you. <laughs> good morning, dear people. Good morning to you. I, <laughs> good morning. Hey, y'all. Hey, how y'all doing this morning? Good morning to you. Good Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Welcome. Holy Spirit, we invite you right in. How y'all doing this morning? L to the M to the J is in the house. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Zandra, I'm on a little early so I can play a little bit. Good morning to you. Good morning to you. This is how I act with my kids in the morning, too. They're like, Good morning. How y'all doing? See y'all coming in. Rolling. Rolling. Good morning. How y'all doing this morning? Welcome, welcome. We welcome you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We welcome you. See, I should have had praise and worship ministry on my life. We welcome you. Good morning. How y'all doing this morning? Good morning. Hey, Angela. Hey, Zandra. Hey, Kim. Kim is like, okay, she's an hour ahead. Good morning. We welcome you. Good morning. Hey, Candace. Hey, Auntie. How y'all doing this morning? It's 5 a.m. Good morning to you. Good morning to you. I didn't have music this morning. I felt the Lord say we need no music this morning, so I'm going to be obedient. Good morning to you. Good morning to you. Good morning, dear people. Good morning to you. How y'all doing this morning? Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome. We welcome you. Yeah, better welcome the Lord in. If you are just logging on, good morning. Welcome to Coffee and Conversations with Lakeisha. It's your girl, LMJ, in the house. And I am just grateful to be here this morning and just grateful for what God has been doing in our lives and through this ministry. I'm coming to you live from the home front this morning. Um, I'm just just glad. I was telling uh, my girl Jess last night how... um, 
how good it was for me to be able to sup with you guys in the morning. And I'm like, we are growing as a community and a family of believers. We are growing together. And that's like super, super dope. We're going through milestones. We are in positions and places where we're seeing each other grow in faith. God is presenting us with new revelations and new situations and we are learning to live above the noise and it just feels good to be able to do that with a community of believers and people would think oh but you guys are online you don't really know each other but it is it is it is so amazing even the level of accountability that I see um, amongst the believers. Like if someone is not tuning in or someone has not been on or different things have occurred, like people will tag in, I'm sorry I haven't been on or different people think people message me um, the way we connect to each other in prayer. Like I'm like, God, this is how we are supposed to be using social media. We are not supposed to be using social media for anything less than you getting the glory out of our lives. So I think it's really, really, it's 6 a.m. in yeah, in ATL. I think it's really, oh, 12 p.m. in Belgium. Okay, Angela, it's midnight in Belgium. It's 12 p.m. It's noon in Belgium. Okay. Um, I think that is dope because we're growing as a community and a body together. And God said, don't forsake the assembly. And for some of you guys who are on the road and things have just presented you, prevented you from getting to church, or sometimes you're in a space in your life that is not just working and you're trying to figure it out. God still honors the fact that you're connected here, that you're acting in kingdom, that you're pursuing him by faith. Things have changed so much and people will make it like our online community is not important. Thank you, Holy Spirit. But our online community is just as important. Our ability to be in community together is just as important. So I just want to thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for logging in. Thank you for being consistent. Thank you for those of you that continuously share the gospel, share the video, that you are not selfish, that you are not timid. Um, and go, I go back and sometimes it shows me how many people shared the video that you shared the YouTube channel. You can share in so many ways. And don't forget, we're also podcasts. If you go to anchor.fm.com or you go to Anchor and you look up Coffee and Conversations with Lakeisha, for those of you who may work out or who can't watch the video because work could get you in trouble or whatever else, you can catch the podcast via Anchor. It's on iTunes. It's on Google. Um, all of those different spots provide avenues for us to get the gospel out via all streams of media. <laughs> this is a key. This is a way. This is not just something via all streams of media. You never know what someone may need or how someone connect. So we're a body of believers. Um, we are the church. Um, we have an anticipation. We have an expectation. Every morning that we meet God here, God is looking for us, my God. And if you didn't know that, God is like, God is a creature of habit. He, he's looking for us. He's looking for us to connect. He's looking 
to see where we are. Um, sometimes I think he'll look for us to, he's passing by certain places and that's where we'll meet him. I, it's called the altar. In the morning when you get up, you're building an altar to God, my God, that provides a place for his presence that provides a place for you to get wisdom, for you to get knowledge, for you to get understanding. And I just thank God for connecting us in so many ways and so many places. And the thing that I love is even when you fall off, he brings us right back into a place. He's looking for us where the sheep, he puts us on his shoulder and he brings us right back in the fold so that we can become connected and we can continue to grow. So stay faithful. Don't give up. Don't think that coffee and conversations um, doesn't mean anything. It means everything. It means everything. God is all up in this and I'm just excited about what he's doing in us and through us and in this ministry. And I'm excited to um, grow with you in Christ. And I just am just doubly excited that he uses me as the vessel. And the same goes for Bible study. Our Bible study group is a community, a different community of believers. And I'm so grateful for what God is about. Bible study. I need to shout. I don't know who it is, but I need to thank y'all. Thank y'all for still purchasing copies of the launch. The launch on the e-version, the launch is available on Amazon. For those of you who did not know it, I released my first book this year. It was called, it's called The Launch. And it's for anyone who ever wanted to start anything thing. Um, it's, you can order it online. It's available on Amazon Kindle and it is still making sales on Kim Kindle. And I'm like, God, you are doing something with this book. Um, when God gave me the concept of a two to 10 day devotional, come on, Holy Spirit. It was to spark something in you to wake up your gifts. Um, and in second Timothy, Paul tells, um, Timothy, I need you to stir up the gift. And so I'm telling you this morning, I'm going to put my cup down. Hold on. I'm telling you this morning, you need to stir up the gift. If you don't have a copy of the launch, you need to get the launch so that it can stir up the gift and so that you can walk into the fullness. If you read it, reread it, read it. If you feel like you're stuck, read it again. But God is definitely doing something that um, is stirring up the gift. So I want you to do that. And I want you to know, I want to share, I'm going to share something to you with you about putting Wine, new wine and old skins. We talked about this is a brand new season. We're in a new season. And I'm just telling you, you will not realize how much you're a creature of habit, right? And you won't realize how you've been operating in some of the same mode and some of the same places for a really, 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 really long time. Um, it shows up in our speech. It shows up in our actions. Whatever we value, we follow after. Do you know uh, we take in about 50,000 thoughts a day? And at nighttime is when those thoughts really, while we're sleeping, really regurgitate. That's why sometimes you'll have dreams or anticipation of things and they really don't have anything or come from God. It's kind of us um, and our thinking and the thoughts that we've taken in for the for the day. And so I want to, I'm going to talk to you. We're going to continue in this journey. We're talking about Samuel, but we're going to talk. I need to mention to you that you cannot continue to put old new wine and old skins. You can't put new ideas into 
old mindsets. You can't get new results with old behaviors. And I was having a conversation with a friend of mine, and then I'm going to pray. I was having a conversation with a friend of mine the other day, yesterday, and I asked her, I said, did you ask daddy about that? Did you ask God about what's for you in this season? Or are you just proceeding as usual? My God, because we will make declarations and we will proceed as usual and we will not connect with him and we will not consult him and we'll continue in some of the same associations and some of the same groups and be at some of the same churches doing some of the same things. And the Lord is trying to do something very new for you in this season. And God is like, I'm trying to put you in a mindset and and I'm trying to do something new in you and I'm trying to do something new through you and I'm trying to give you revelation and I'm trying to let it manifest in your life and you still in an old mindset and so I'm trying to get you in a position where you're not taking the new wine the new things that I'm trying to produce in your life and take the new things that I'm trying to produce in your life and operate with your old thinking you can't afford to in this season and so that's what he's saying to us when we're in this this second this this matthew 6 and 1 when jesus was talking to them and he was challenging religious practices he was telling them you done gone stale you've gone stale you're stale and you don't even realize you're stale because you keep repeating the same things you keep doing the same things you keep operating in the same behaviors you keep circumventing back to the same places the cycles are the same and the reason that the cycles are the same is because i've given you new wine i'm giving you new opportunities i'm giving you new mindset i'm telling you the holy ghost is on the scene i'm giving you new ways i'm trying to put new things in your hands i'm trying to teach you a new way of doing things but because you keep operating in the an old mindset with limited perspective you're missing the opportunity of what i'm trying to tell you in this season and you don't even know you have a new mindset and your pride will have you exalting yourself above where you are in this season you won't even know the reality and the truth of where you are in the season you won't even see the places in your life in which you're lacking faith and which are inconsistent because you're waiting and measuring yourself according to your own standard well i'm better than i was last year well, I'm better than my cousins, them. And the Lord is saying, but you have yet to reach the full potential of which I've called you to yet. And I just keep hearing the Lord say that. I'm trying to give you new strategies. I'm trying to give you a new way of doing things. I'm trying to give you a fresh anointing. I'm trying to give you a fresh view. I'm trying to let you see this in a brand new way, but you keep putting my new wine, you keep taking the new things that I'm trying to do you and put it in an old mindset. You are stale in some areas. I don't know about you. I don't like stale chips. Um, I don't like uh, stale chips. I love potato chips and I don't like stale chips. And so I don't like anything. I, I don't like if I go to eat a piece of bread and it's hard and it's crusty and it's supposed to be fresh. And the word of the Lord brings fresh revelation to us daily. And so we have to make sure that we are not in a mindset because that's haughtiness and that's pride that prevents us from walking into our new season, thinking the Lord hasn't produced a new season for us, thinking the Lord hasn't opened. I don't know who this word is for, but thinking the Lord hasn't opened a new door for us and the Lord has opened a new door for us. The only reason that we're not able to open in the new door is because we still are operating in old mindsets. We know 1 Corinthians 2 and 14 says, the person who is without the spirit 
does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are trying to discern them through their own spirit and not discern them through the spirit of God. I need to share this with you and then I'm going to pray and then we're going to talk. But I know the Holy Spirit is all up in this. The enemy will have you in familiar places so that you can get stuck. He'll have you caught up in religious jargon so you could get stuck. The Pharisees and the Sadducees could quote anything. They knew the law. They knew the religious order. They knew what was supposed to happen. See, that's why you got to watch your language to see if you, you, you fresh. You got to watch it because out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. And just because you're speaking a thing that looks like faith does not mean you're really in faith. Just because you're saying a thing does not mean you truly believe it or have gotten revelation. A friend of mine and I were talking about the prophetic and she was like, me and my friend grew up in the same church and the word gave, the Lord gave a prophetic word and she just totally disregarded the prophetic word. Why did she not take in the prophetic word? And I told her, I said, she ain't got no revelation. She doesn't have revelation that the word says that if you receive the prophet, you receive the teaching, then you're going to get the prophet's reward. If a prophetic word comes your way, you're going to get the prophetic word. And so I'm just declaring a new mindset on you this morning, that you're going to do a new mindset, that you're going to operate in something new this season, that you're not going to continue to lie to yourself, that you're not going to continue in your same religious ways, that you're going to take this by the spirit, that you're going to throw off the old man, you're going to renew your mind in the word. You're going to make a decision that I'm not going to be conformed to the patterns of this world. See, we thought the patterns of this world meant that we were only conformed to things that looked worldly or carnal, but we can also can be can be conformed to things that are of a religious mindset that's stale and that produces no room for the spirit. That produces no room for the spirit that is no room for the spirit that does not allow the opportunity for the spirit to go in us that harnesses the spirit that quenches the spirit that grieves the spirit that doesn't allow the spirit to be fruitful in our life we didn't know we could be in such a mindset that we're missing the opportunities for christ jesus to endure his power in our life because our mindset has been so locked in <laughs> our mindset has been so unfruitful our mind has not been renewed in the things of god and the only reason we're going to be able to walk faithfully into this new season is that we get in a new mindset that's in Christ Jesus, not in ourselves, not in what someone told us, that you can only get through the revelation of the word. How do we have the mind of Christ through the Holy Spirit and through the revelation of the word? And the only way we're going to be able to walk into the fullness of what God called us to be, the only way that we're going to be able to get past being intimidated, the only way we're going to be able to get past the spirit of fear, the only way that we're going to be able to get into our new, new, our new season and walk into the fullness of what God called us to be is that we renew our minds and we operate in a new mindset. So my declaration and prayer for you is that you operate in a new mindset. Let me say, let me confess this in the name of Jesus and by the power of his blood shed on the cross, I command the penalty of the enemy, any word curse that has been pronounced against me and any backlash of the evil one sent against me and my family to be broken. It shall not prosper as I nullify its effects in Jesus name. I proclaim a blessing to all that I am hoped to be and put my hand to and to all that pertains to my life, health, home, finances, ministry, family, covenant partners, my God, everybody on this devotion. I call for strength, vigor, protection, and the supply of the Lord for the honor and glory of his name. Father God, I thank you. You've already had your way. 
Lord God, I thank you that the people of God walk in a brand new mindset, that they are renewing their mind in your word daily. Lord God, they're getting fresh revelation. They're seeing manifestation and miracle signs and wonders are coming away. Now, Lord God, thank you for allowing me to be your vessel. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. I thank you for the flow of the Holy Spirit. We will not quench you. We will not deny you. We will not operate in old mindsets, in old, stale thinking, Lord God. We will only operate in the fullness of who you are. So Mark 2 and 22 says, no one puts new wine into old wine sets. Otherwise, the wine will burst the skins and the wine is lost. And so are the skins. But one puts new wine into fresh wine skin. And so he was talking about fasting before then. And fasting is beneficial and fasting is necessary. But what Jesus was trying to break through in this, he was saying to them, you cannot have new ideas with an old mind. You're not going to get results with your old behavior. And so if you find yourself cycling back and you find out that some things have happened and that you've not been able to walk into the fullness of who called you to be, I'm pretty sure it's because your mind hasn't been renewed in a particular area and you're not able to evolve into the things of Christ. And we go back again to it's by the spirit and remembering that when we don't understand something, if we're not experiencing a breakthrough in our prayers, if you're not experiencing a breakthrough in your prayers, if you're not seeing your prayers manifest a thing, that that the only thing can be, it's only going to be two things. Either not, you're not praying correctly. You're not praying effectual, fervent prayers. I'm just going to be real. You're not praying fervent, effectual prayers. Or two, there is a principality that's standing in your way. And even if there's a principality that's standing in your way, the word gives us the authority to loose and to bind and to set the captive free. And so that principality doesn't even have the authority that you think the principality has in your life. I told you, Goliath, the Goliath in your life, the thing that's been preventing you from walking up, the thing that's been keeping you dry, the thing that's been making you stand stale in your grave, the thing that's been preventing you from progressing, its goal is to intimidate you. Now, I want to read something to you, and then I'm going to share three things from you to you from Goliath. And I ain't got much time, so you better have your pen and pencil and stay steadfast. So we are in this season and I already explained to you, Saul is in trouble. And the reason Saul is in trouble is because he, he got outside of God's will. He didn't listen to God's instruction. He consulted a medium. He just did all kinds of foolish things. He was searching for things. He was looking for things. He was looking for a victory. And the foolishness of Saul is that God had already set him up for a win. God has already set him up for the win. Israel had begun to ask for a king. They really didn't need a king. That's a whole nother subject. But Saul becomes king. And as Saul becomes king, there's a mandate, there's a call, there's a requirement. When God calls you into a new season, my God, there's a mandate, there's a call, and there's a requirement. There's a mandate, there's a call on your life, and there's a it's not according to yourself. It's according to the word of God. It's according to who God is and how God has positioned you and how he designed you and how he created you. And it's not for you to make it up yourself. So the mandate, the call and requirement comes from God. It does not come from you. And Saul had a mandate as king and God was requiring him to do some things. And God was the one 
who called him. Saul didn't call himself, but, got for, but for some reason, Saul forgot that in his life, and he began to operate in his own mindset and consult things outside the Spirit of the Lord. And because he began to consult things, he lost his kingdom. And because he began to operate in his own strength, he lost his kingdom. And because he forgot who called him, he lost his kingdom. I hope you're getting this. And because he operated in the will of the world or what the people were pulling on him and what people were saying to him, he lost his kingdom. In the middle of what he was doing, God was already anointing another king. God was already anointing another king. God was already positioning David. David wasn't even grown yet. David was still just a little boy and God was already presenting him and putting him in position and developing him. That's a whole nother word. Wait on your development. I promise God is going to do. God was already shifting and doing something so powerful in David's life. So at the time that Saul does this, persecution comes in because of Saul's disobedience. See, you got to read the depth of this thing. You ought to understand the context and the history of what's going on. Because of Saul's disobedience, they're experiencing way more turmoil than they should, should have. And so they're in a situation where the Philistines have just just drove them. They're just, they're just running over in their life. They're just taking over. They're just to intimidate them. And so then here comes Goliath, right? So the Philistines were in the first chapter, Samuel 17. It says the Philistines now mustered their army for battle and camped be between Sak and Judah and Ezek and Saul countered by gathering his Israelites troops near the Valley of Elah. So the Philistines and the Israelites faced each other on opposite hills with the valley in between them. Then Goliath Goliath, a Philistine champion from Gath, come out of the Philistine ranks to face the forces of Israel. He was over nine feet tall. He wore a bronze helmet and his bronze coat of mail weighed 125 pounds. He also wore bronze leg armor and he carried a bronze javelin on his shoulder. The shaft of his spear was as heavy and thick as a weaver's beam, tipped with an iron spear that weighed 15 pounds. So you got to understand that the reader is trying to give us a visual of how intimidating Goliath looked. His armor bearer walked ahead of him carrying a Goliath stood and shouted a taunt. He taunted them, my God, across to the Israelites. Why are all are you all coming out to fight? He, why are you all coming out to fight? He called. I'm the Philistine champion, but you are only. He he diminished them. He minimized them. And some of us have been been already been minimized. The enemy makes you think there's not enough power in you. Situations have presented themselves to make you think you're an only, but you're not just an only. That within itself I can teach him. He says, choose one man to come down here and fight me. If he kills me, then we will be your slaves. But if I kill him, you will be our slaves. I defy the armies of Israel today. Send me a man who will fight me. When Saul and the Israelites heard this, they were terrified and deeply shaken. I want to pause right there. They were terrified and deeply shaken. And I want to share a few things with you. One, we know Goliath comes from the old Babylonian word meaning running, ravaging spirits. He is symbolic of a dominating, aggressive people, ideas that parade itself proudly. He's frightening them with his power, right? And we're going
going to learn in a minute that David means beloved. He's a representative of spiritual strength gained by trust in the spirit. What we getting ready to see David do is gained by trust in the spirit. David can only do what he's going to do. He can only defeat the giant because he's gained by trust in the spirit. So let me tell you three things that we are learning from this situation that I hope you're going to understand about your situation because some of you have been consumed. Some of you have been overwhelmed. Some of y'all thought y'all wasn't going to make it. I've seen you. Uh, you in distraught. You thought the situation was overwhelming, consuming, that there was no way for you to escape the situation. And I came to tell you today that the devil is a liar. The very first thing that you see in this is that Goliath tries to present my God them with the idea. Can I tell you something? Goliath wasn't the only giant. He was not the only man of that stature. He was not the only person that was that big and that was that tall. And that was, that was not uncommon for them to see a Goliath. And I'm telling you, it's not uncommon for you to see the troubles that you've seen. It's not uncommon for you to be in the situation that you've been in. It's not uncommon that these situations, Ecclesiastes 1 and 9 says, what has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. So the, the enemy has been lying to you, making you, come on, Holy Spirit, think that you're in this thing by yourself, making you think that there is no way for you to get out of this, making you think that this is something new, that cancer is new, that the divorce is new, that these are new things happening in your life. He's trying to present a way to make you think that God won't be faithful, right? And that God is not faithful. And it's and God will not let you be tempted behind what you can bear. When you're tempted, he's all he's also gonna provide a way of escape. First Corinthians 10 13. He's trying to get us to think that this thing is way bigger than it is, that this thing is impossible, that this thing is incapable, that this thing won't happen. The intimidating spirit wants you to think you're all in this by yourself. He wants you to think you're in this by yourself. He wants you to think you have no power in the name of Jesus. He wants you to think you have no authority. That's why he doesn't want you to catch this by your spirit. He don't want you to catch this by your spirit. He wants you to be in the same mindset. He wants you to keep, if I can keep you in the mindset, if if you won't discern this, you're not going to do the right thing. If you won't look at this from a different perspective, you're not going to do the right thing. You're not going to tap in. You're not going to ask for the help of the Holy Spirit. You're going to keep tying yourself out. So that's the whole thing. He wants you to think that that this is something new, that this is something unusual, that you're the only person that has been in this situation and that God won't provide a way, a way of escape. The second thing I want you to know from here, Goliath is known as the middleman. Goliath is known as the middleman. Goliath, the word champion in this context means middleman. And if Goliath is known as the middleman, the man in between, it means he has no authority or power unless someone tells him he can. He has no authority or power unless someone tells him he can't. He can't order a thing. He can't do a thing. He can only be in position because he is the middle man. He can only do what God, what someone else tells him to do. But can I tell you something? You have authority and power through Christ Jesus. God gave you authority and power from the very beginning. He said, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. I got to tell you what subdue means. Y'all know how I am about my words. I got to tell you what subdue is. God gave you the authority and the power to conquer, to reduce, to oppress the thing that's oppressing you, to crush it, to tamper it, to soften it, right? He, Goliath is the middleman. He's only, he's only presenting, he can only do 
right what someone else is going to do. The enemy can only do what you give him the power and authority to do. He got no authority in your life. God put you on this earth for you to conquer, subdue, take over, rule, speak to the mountain, tell the mountain to move bind, loose it, set it free, whatever it is you want to use. There's an authority and power that was endowed in you through Christ Jesus. But if you, but if you're intimidated, if you're presented and you think this is the worst situation that you've ever been in, and if the enemy can make you forget, make you forget that God has bailed you out of previous situations before, then guess what? You won't move and walk into the fullness of who you are. If you don't know who you are, if you don't have the mind of Christ and understand that he already said, I've given you authority, come on now, to trample on snakes and scorpions to overcome all the power of the enemy and nothing will harm you. That's Luke 10 and 19. Nothing. He didn't say something. He said nothing will harm you. <laughs> nothing will harm you. I've already given you the power and authority. You got authority over the middle, man. You got the authority. That's why I said when people, the devil is busy. The devil is only doing what he's supposed to do, but I'm busier because I'm busy in the word and I get to subdue. I get to conquer a thing. But if my mind and my thoughts are rambling and scrambling and all over the place and I ain't got no new mindset and I don't understand this a new season and I'm not looking for the strategies and I don't understand the will of God for my life and I don't understand the power and authority. I can, I, I, I just gave Satan a set of keys and he gets to walk in and out of my house anytime he feels like he gets to present an argument. He just the middleman he's he's just he's just the middleman he's just the middleman he's just the middleman he don't have that kind of authority and power but if you see a situation and it looks big he's describing the giant and it looks mountainous and it looks like you can't overcome it and it looks consuming and it looks overwhelming and it presents yes come on shannon you got the authority in christ he said i'm giving you the authority when you accepted christ as lord and savior i gave you the authority i gave you a mandate i'm not you ain't ain't no middleman you ain't got to wait on a go-between right you ain't got no middleman goliath couldn't even move he's just a middleman you know be the middleman ain't got no say so you ain't got no power somebody else writes your check you got the authority and power. The third thing I want to present to you and what we're learning is, is he wants you to think that there is no way out. <laughs> he wants you to think there is no way out. He's presenting the situation so you can be demoralized. He's using this against you. He put fear in their heart. He says, saw them forgot that they were afraid. Saw them forgot the promise from the beginning. They forgot the amen, period, right? And the design so, was so that they won't even go into battle. The design was so they wouldn't wage spiritual warfare. The design was so that they wouldn't even release the cry and the belly on them. Come on now. Come on now. That was it. They wanted them apprehensive. They wanted to be so fearful that they wouldn't even fight. Can I read this to you? And I'm going to read it to you in a couple of translations. Forgot, and we're in Second Timothy, right? This is Second Timothy. This is Second Timothy, Timothy one and seven. I need to read this to you. It says, "For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and sound, sound mind." But I like the Amplified version. It says, "For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, of cowardness, of of fear, but He has given us a spirit of power, of love, of sound mind, of judgment, of personal discipline, abilities that result in a calm, well-balanced mind and self-control. Anytime you find yourself out in self-control, consumed, overwhelmed with a circumstance, overwhelmed with a situation, racing thoughts all over the 
place, right? That is not coming from God. The enemy presents fear, timidity, puts you in a position so that you will not walk in a sound mind. Well, God didn't give you anything else but a sound mind. God didn't even give you anything else but a sound mind. And so the middleman, <laughs> the middleman, the person that can't sign no check, the person that ain't got no authority, the person that's got to go to their supervisor is presenting a situation to you as if they have some authority in your life. And the Lord is saying to us today, I didn't give you a spirit of fear. I, I didn't give you a spirit of fear. As a matter of fact, I gave you a very sound mind. I didn't give you tim tim timidity. And if you go over, I want you to read 2 Timothy and read the whole chapter today of the first verse. Paul says, start your gift. Get busy, Timothy. You won't walk in a sound mind. You have something to do. You have something to accomplish. You have something to be. And you can't sit around and be timid and be scared and think that you don't have the authority that's been given to you in Christ Jesus. And I'm going to tell you the same thing today. You're gonna, In order for you to do the right thing, you're going to have to be, be able to discern that you're dealing with the middleman. You're dealing with somebody that don't even have an authority. They can't even write a check. When I'm dealing with, come on now, when I'm, I'm going to give you two examples and then we're going to get out of here. When I've been in certain, when I call somebody and they tell me no, like if I'm calling a certain situation, I'm calling a company and they tell me no, I immediately say, let me speak to the person that makes the decisions. Let me, let me speak to the person that makes the decisions because you're not the person that makes the decisions. And if it's their supervisor and they tell me no, and I know I'm operating in my authority, then I come back and say, let me speak to your supervisor. And if they tell me, well, my supervisor is busy, I said, well, then I'll wait because I need to speak to the person that makes the final decision. And I'm telling you, when the enemy is presenting a situation to you, you have the authority and power to speak to the person that makes the final decision. God is the one that makes the final decision in your life, not Satan. You have the authority and the right to speak to the one that makes the final decision in your life. The middleman don't matter. The enemy don't matter. He don't have the final authority. He don't have the final say-so. God gave you the power and authority to speak this situation. God gave you the power and authority to overcome in this situation. But until you rise up, it's going to be, I want to show you, I want to give you two examples the Lord reminded me of, two situations I've been in, right? When my husband was at the end stage of life and we were, um, he was, I, the Lord was revealing some, some things to him. My mind wasn't there yet. And I remember he called me to the hospital room and he said something to me because the medicines were not helping. He said, I'm going to take myself off all my medication. He said, I need to take myself off all my medication. He said, I'm not doing this anymore. We're not living life like this anymore. We're not living life in the hospital anymore. I'm not doing this. This is not God's will for our life. And, and I just looked at him and and he said, and here's where my trust is. Either God heals me on this side or God heals me on the other side. Either way, I'm going to get healed. But I'm, what I'm not going to do is I'm not going to be intimidated by sickle cell any longer. I'm not going to be intimidated by this disease any longer. I'm not going to allow this disease to control my life because the disease does not have the authority over my life. God has the final say so. And either I get healed over here or I get healed on the other side. But either way, I'm taking a position, I'm taking a stand that I'm going to get healed, and we're going to walk in our best life ever. 
We're going to walk in our best life ever. I'm throwing out the middleman. I'm throwing out sickle cell, saying, sickle cell, you have no authority in my life, in this circumstance, in this situation. I'm not going to be moved by this disease. This disease is not going to continue to control our life. And he, stick, he took his stance, and he took his stance, and he got healed. And it was on the other side. And it was hard, but he trusted God, no matter how adverse the situation is. He had a boldness come over him that said, I'm not going to live in fear in this disease anymore. And even when he took himself off the medicine, the doctors was like, you're right. The medicine is not doing absolutely anything for you. So you don't have to continue in this way. And he lived life full and fulfilled until he went to home to be with Jesus. My second thing I want to tell you, when I was younger, I was bullied really, really, really bad. I was bullied really bad. Um, and I had an aunt, my aunt went to be with the Lord a couple years ago, and she was just gangster. And I remember one day I was outside and some girls were just you think you're cute and all of these other things. And what they were trying to do at a very young age was place fear in me. Because if I wouldn't fight that bully at that position and in that time in my life, come on, Holy Spirit, if I didn't fight that bully in that position and that time in my life, I would be afraid all my life. I would be afraid all my life. See, if a bully can get in early, if a, a bully can put, put a position, a bully can put fear or a thought in your head to make you think that you can't overcome, for you to be overwhelmed, for you to be consumed and all this other things, then he's working what he's supposed to work, which is fear, which is going to immobilize you, which is going to keep you in the position from walking in the fullness of what God called you to walk in. And so I was being bullied and I will never forget this day. I was, I was running home from some girls who were chasing me home. I was in skates. It was just a crazy situation. They were taunting me. And my aunt was watching me. And you have to know my aunt. Uh, my aunt was watching me. My mom was out of town. And I broke and I hit my yard. And my aunt was standing on the porch. And she had a stick in her hand. And I guess she had watched the scenario from down the block. And I'm talking about I'm coming in fast. And I hit the scene, right? And as I hit the scene, I look up at her. And she looks at me. She says, you either fight them or you fight me. And my face got, I think I had to be about eight or nine. My face got big. She said, but then you will not spend another day running. <laughs> she said, so make your decision. Do you want to fight them or do you want to fight me? And I didn't want to fight my aunt because I knew my aunt had them hands. <laughs> I didn't know. She said, but today you will take your stance. And she put that stick in my hand and she turned me around and she said, now I dare any of you to touch her. She said, I dare any of you to touch her. I dare any of you to make a move. And when I turned around and I had that stick in my hand and I stepped up to the bully, every last one of them took off running and I never had a problem again. And I was never intimidated again. And I'm telling you this today, you better get a new mindset. You better do the right thing. You better take your stance. <laughs> you, you better take your stance. You better make a decision today that the enemy is not going to bully you any longer. You better make, make, make a decision today for God, I live and for God, I'll die. <laughs> you better make a decision today. You better draw your line in the sand in a new mindset and said, no, I'm coming for everything God put, promised me. I'm going to possess my territory. I'm going to possess my healing. I'm going to possess my land. And I'm going to yield to the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is going to give me the strategies, the techniques, the things that I need in this season. I'm going to lay myself on the altar. And I'm going to receive every promise of God. And I'm going to walk in the fullness. I'm not, yeah, I'm not, not, not wasting my no more time. Not entertaining conversations with the middle name. I'm done. I'm going to walk in the authority and power that's been given to me in Christ.
Christ Jesus. Why? Because the enemy has to go. Why? Because I'm going to assert myself in the word. Why? Because I'm not going to fight myself in, no, in my strength no more. Today, I'm making a decision to draw the line and take a stand. That, that's it. I got. I had to share that with you. Either because either way you win. When my husband said, either I get healed here or get healed, but I'm not getting ready to. I'm not getting ready to let this thing take over my life anymore. Either way, I'm gonna win. Either way, I'm gonna win. If God is for me, who can be against me? Either way, I'm gonna win. Either way, I'm gonna win. Either way, I'm gonna win. But you better make a decision today. I'm coming for everything God promised me. You better draw the line today and say no more authority. He wants you exhausted. He wants you mentally intimidated. He wants you in fear so that you won't exert the word in your life, so that you won't trust God, so that you won't push in, so that you lay there thinking you weak, you and God already set you up for a win-win. You just got to assert yourself. You're waiting on God to do something. And God said, I'm waiting on you to walk in the authority that I gave you in Christ Jesus. The authority I gave you in Christ Jesus, I'm not going to stand immobilized in fear and subduing to a situation that I got authority over. And somebody's going to say, well, what if it doesn't look like the situation is moving? Keep pressing in. <laughs> Release your war cry. Keep praying. Keep praising. Keep thanking God. Keep believing God. Keep trusting in God. Don't be moved by what your eyes see. I'm, I had the Holy Spirit. My, I'm just telling you, I'm a, I, it's some parts of my testimony, some things that's been happening that God hasn't released me to share yet. But I promise you, it's been a warfare that I've had to press into. It's been a warfare for the last few weeks that I've had to press into. When the Lord releases me to share this with you, I will. Do not think you're the only one that's not having to fight, but you got to get your war cry. You got to walk in the authority and the power that has been given you in Christ Jesus. You got to remember what the word says. You got to stop all this babbling. If you prayed about it once, God heard you the first time. The next thing for you to do is get into a praise and a war cry that thanks the Lord and assert yourself and plead the blood of Jesus and remember who you are. <laughs> Because you serve the great I am. Pray the names of God so you can get revelation of who God is. I'm gone. I love y'all. Bye. I said I wasn't even going to take this long today, but I felt like I needed to teach that so that you could understand the season that you're in. You're in a new season. You need a new mindset. And if you're going to do the right thing, you're going to have to discern that this thing has come to present a circumstance or a situation with you. You're dealing with the middleman. You're dealing with the middleman. You're dealing with somebody that ain't got no authority in your life, in your job, in your marriage, in your finances, in your situation. You're dealing with a middleman. You're somebody. You're dealing with somebody who look, looks like a lion. You're dealing with something that appears to have some authority. Ask the Lord to give you a vision, uh, a sight. Let me see. Next thing you look up, you'll see the angels all around you, and you think it's the enemy presenting in. I love you. I'm gone. I love you. I love y'all. I love you so much. I promise I do, but more so, God loves you. I love you more than you know. I hope you rehearse this word today. I hope you take this word. I'll everybody in your life that you know that's in a fight, you need to get them this word today. Don't settle. Share this word so they don't give up. You got people around you wanting to give up. You got no business giving up. <laughs> they ain't got no business giving up. I don't care if you don't know two or three scriptures enough to fight the enemy off to withstand and to remember who you are in Christ Jesus. When you accepted him as Lord and Savior, there became a power that was endued. He didn't create us to be weak and timid and laying around and allowing the enemy. But I will tell you this, you need to be able to discern the season because your strength might be in your rest. That's a word for somebody. Your strength 
may be in your rest. It may be your season to rest and allow God to fight for you. But if you don't know how to discern your season and you don't operate in a new mindset, you'll miss what God is trying to tell you. <laughs> you'll miss what God is trying to tell you in this season. So you, this may be your season to rest. Your warfare could be in your rest. Because God is trying to take the situation over. I asked the Lord, let me discern what season is in. Father God, I thank you for your people today. Bless the hands of your people. Bless their mind. I thank you for renewing their mindset. I thank you for a fresh anointing, one that destroys the yokes of all bondage, sickness, and disease. I thank you for giving them the power over the enemy to trample on serpents, my God, to cast out demons, to lay hands on the sick, to decree and declare a thing, and it happens. I thank you for victory happening. I thank you for miracle signs and wonders happening in life. I thank you for positioning them to prosper. I thank you for working out every circumstance and situation and favoring them. I thank you for causing my God. I see reversal in my spirit. I see a reversal. I see a court reversal. I see a judgment recall. I see something that the enemy presented like it wasn't going to be the truth. And I just saw God reversing that situation in court. I don't know who that's for, but I just saw God reverse that situation in court. There's going to be a reversal in your favor, man of God. My God, woman of God, there's going to be a reversal in your favor. It's not going to make sense. The weapon that was formed against you shall not prosper. There's getting ready to be a reversal in court for your favor. And you know who that's for? Receive it by faith. I love y'all so much. Get connected. LakeishaMJohnson.com. I'll see you guys back here in the morning.